Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? In this episode, we'll distinguish between being a reactive versus proactive mama, discover what to do with all kinds of challenging people or situations, and we'll laugh together at my French baking mishap. This is episode 37. Here we go. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in this week. I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for continuing to connect with me over Instagram and Facebook and leaving reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts and on Facebook. I really appreciate it. So we are going to go ahead and just dive right into this very interesting topic. I feel like it's actually quite layered and complicated, uh, figuring out how to live proactively, but we're just going to go for it. So let's figure out, first of all, and establish like what I mean by these terms. So if you are living reactively, Your day is at the mercy of every little thing that happens and you give far too much control away to other people or other things and circumstances. You end up saying yes too much and doing things that you aren't able or even supposed to do. You end up feeling taken advantage of, weary, discouraged, and overwhelmed by the end of each day because what you really needed to get done never got done. Your soul is heavy and your mind is burdened with other people's problems which you may or may not be able to help with or solve, you know, solve their problems. Ultimately, reacting to everything leaves you feeling depleted and behind, you know, behind the curve in your life. You may find that you don't accomplish things that you really want to do, such as taking care of your own physical health or carving out moments of stillness and prayer, keeping your home tidy, meeting a work deadline, or maintaining healthy relationships with family and friends. In science, a reactive chemical is one that reacts with its surroundings, something like air, water, heat, pressure, or certain other chemicals. So a reactive person only does things in response to others. Now, I know for some people listening, and especially if you are really compassionate and caring, that's a great thing. That's a really good quality. But, and and it may feel harsh to draw some lines and boundaries around your time and energy because it also kind of feels good to feel needed and feel wanted. That's one huge reason I think people get themselves into trouble. uh, Even if that was, even if it was accidental that they say yes too often or jump in and want to save the day, it's, it starts off from a good, good heart. You know what I'm saying? It starts in a good place, but then it can turn into something that's unhealthy. Um, It's just, you know, it's not selfish to prayerfully sketch out your days and weeks and ask for wisdom from God about what to say yes and no to. And I feel like only with his help can we strike the perfect balance between being spontaneous and flexible, you know, and being helpful and caring and open to serving others. We train and condition people how to treat us. If we tolerate incessant phone calls or texting pressure and demands on our time, people will continue to treat us that way. So does all of this make sense so far? I hope this is this is making sense. That's what happens when you react. Now, I know in my life, I can think of just so many times I've seen many, many people over the course of my lifetime just unable to walk in joy and peace every day because all of their attention, energy, and efforts go towards reacting to others or situations that come their way. One other thing to note here is that sometimes the most demanding personalities in your life, the loudest voices, so to speak, if left to run wild, will wear you out completely so you have very little left for your spouse or your children or close friends and 
And that is truly a tragedy. So that's living reactively. Now, what does it mean to live proactively? Well, first, let me clarify that it does not mean that you can predict everything that could happen to you in a given day and just be ready to perfectly deal with it. You know, none of us, none of us is perfect. But what I am talking about is thinking through the day ahead with specific intentionality and prayer and kind of walking through the main things that you'd like to do or need to do and then allowing God to orchestrate the details. So... You know, for me, this might look like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to go work out at the gym. I'm going to get together with a friend at the park around this time. I need to make sure I do at least one load of laundry and tidy the upstairs and do this other household chore and then pick up some whatever it may be from the store, take some time to pray and rest and make a healthy dinner and then take the kids to their swimming lessons. And then in the evening, I'd like to start the new book I just got, you know, and get to bed by 10 p.m. So this is not an exhaustively detailed list of everything you would do in a day, but just an example of how you could kind of sketch it out and know what you kind of need to do and what you'd like to do. And then, of course, be open to how the day flows, but not reacting to everything that happens so that you don't accomplish anything that you set out to accomplish. You know what I mean? Being proactive means that you are thinking ahead about your day and what could happen, just kind of anticipating potential problems and pitfalls because if we all step back for just a moment, we can think through like, okay, I'm gonna see this person tomorrow. I know they tend to push my buttons or they, you know, I know that it's a little stressful in this scenario. You know what I mean? You can anticipate a little bit and so you're not so surprised when you have a conflict or a problem with a certain person. So here's some examples for you. You could think ahead, like especially if you've got an event, like a family get together, or maybe you've got a stressful day ahead of you where there's a couple of things you have to get done in a certain time frame, like you have to go to a dentist appointment, there's a kid's activity, and then you've got to make sure you prep for dinner or whatever, like where the timing and the prep matters. So you can kind of gear up for that and just know and think, you know, if this happens, what would I say? Or, you know, this person has been a little bit difficult for me to be around in the past. How can I anticipate these problems that might happen when I see them and respond differently instead of reacting? Knowing what you might say and kind of thinking it through a little bit ahead of time helps you, especially if someone like pressures you into signing up for something that you know you can't really commit to right now, or just knowing that you know, this person, so-and-so might say something that hurts your feelings. Just thinking through how you might respond is going to be really, really helpful. There are just certain challenging people in our lives. That's just a fact of a fact of being human and living in this world. And so I want to distinguish between two main types of challenging people and figure out how to deal with them both. You know, something I'm still learning and growing in. So the first group of challenging people I'm going to talk about is the kind that is not harmful or hurtful on purpose to you but inadvertently they might hurt your feelings sometimes or they may say things that are odd or inappropriate or insensitive you know what I mean so that is the first group I'm going to talk about and the second group of people I'm going to talk about is the kind of challenging person who is actually toxic and downright harmful for you to be around. Sometimes this looks like a social kind of awareness issue, like someone who doesn't think through what they're going to say. They just talk. Um, Someone who maybe struggles to understand another person's point of view, so they just say things that are like inappropriate or they're not meant to be hurtful, but they end up being super hurtful to you. Oftentimes people can be too blunt or rude or indifferent and insensitive, and they're not like out thinking... Ooh, I can't wait to go hurt this person's feelings. 
but they're just not aware and they don't think through like, oh, that might not really go over very well if I say this thing to this person. And a lot of times I do think that people are just not putting themselves in another person's shoes, so to speak. Like they don't think, oh, I shouldn't talk about this issue because I know my friend is struggling with it and it may hurt her feelings. So I'm just going to throw out several examples to you. And I'm sure you can think of many examples to either stuff that you've gone through, scenarios you've been in the middle of or stuff that you've seen around you. Let's say you have a friend who is struggling with body image and eating issues. Um, and let's say you don't. You're doing fine in that area. You just you feel confident and, you know, whatever. It is not going to be helpful or good for you to complain about a little thing that you think is wrong with your appearance, right? Because that friend is going to be like, oh, you know, you look so much better than I do and they're going to feel horrible. And if you're picking apart one thing about yourself that truly is not a huge deal and they're looking at like major, major struggles they have with food and eating and body image, that's just going to be really, really damaging and hurtful to that friend. So some people in that scenario are not sensitive and they just talk and they're like completely unaware that this friend is struggling with this. So you know what I mean? That's the kind of challenging person I'm talking about. Let's also throw out another example. Let's say your cousin just went through a painful separation or divorce, but your marriage is doing great. It would not be very kind to inadvertently brag or talk about your husband around her constantly, especially in this season of change and pain and her figuring out what she's going to do. You know, like these are typical examples that I've come across, like what not to do. But some people, some challenging people in this first group we're talking about don't understand or maybe they don't even, it's not that they don't understand, maybe they just don't care or whatever the case may be, that would be sad, but, and therefore they're just really challenging to hang out with. But we have these people in our lives, right? We all have people, at least one person we can think of right now who is super challenging. They say the thing that you're hoping they don't say. They pick apart the things that are gonna be kind of hurtful to you. So the other type of challenging people in our lives can be quirky or odd and you just have to kind of find ways to be pleasant and allow for the quirks without being upset or annoyed whenever you're around them. I can remember someone years ago in my life who was just super quirky. There's no other way to put it. But you know what? God used that person in my life to really help me grow. It was a little awkward at times because there were just lots of, like I said, odd moments and just things where you're like, wow, I maybe wouldn't have said that just now. But you know, the head turning where you like turn and look like, wait, what? What did that person just say that's not appropriate? But this person ended up being someone who brought me great joy and said these goofy things that were so random, I ended up just having to laugh and like enjoy the quirks. So it was pretty sweet to see how God used this person to help me kind of loosen up and just enjoy my life more and learn how to be pleasant around people that maybe don't quite get it. Like they don't understand that what they're saying can be coming across a certain way and kind of odd. So there's those types of challenging people, you know? So another aspect of challenging people, you know, that are in this first group. It could be someone who's just plain different than you. Like their personality is opposite to you. Their interests and hobbies are completely different than yours. And they are in your life to help refine you. Like we talked about last week in the defining and refining episode, okay? So that's just, you know, there's always gonna be someone in your life that's totally different. And they are into all these things that you are like, I don't really care about that. I would never go spend my time or money doing these things. But you know what? That's okay. And that's where we have to kind of not react and not be like overreact to that. Just realize that 
okay, this might be a challenge to try to be kind and find some common ground, but we have to just, you know, we have to just do it. Now, the other kind of challenging person in this second group is the one who is toxic and dangerous for you to be in close relationship with. Without diving in too deep here, I want to say that this kind of person could be abusive emotionally or physically and maybe even take advantage of you in a very harmful way. And if this is the case for you, I would advise you to seek professional help and counseling if you find yourself in a toxic relationship like this, especially if your safety or mental and emotional well-being is at risk. For the less extreme case, the toxic person could be someone who is just a joy-stealing, destructive influence in your life that you are supposed to separate from. The tricky part is... If you are constantly being forced into situations where you have to interact with this person, like if you are somehow related to them or you work together or you attend the same church. So it's important to think through your interactions and the people in your life in, a, in an average day, in any given day, and evaluate if there are any challenging people, which I'm sure there are, and ask yourself what makes it challenging to be around them and what is in your control and what's in your power to change and what is not. And then kind of go from there and live in a way that's not going to be reacting to all these different types of challenging people and situations that you have to face every day. Living proactively is so powerful. It means that you act before something happens. You anticipate things. You make sure that you're making healthy and wise choices, and then you're able to handle whatever comes your way with more grace. We also need to be adaptive people. Like, yes, we have our daily rhythms and routines and accomplishing these necessary jobs or tasks and responsibilities, but making sure we are flexible and can quickly adapt if life requires it. So we lay a solid foundation with our big rocks that we talked about way back in the very first few episodes of Sunday Afternoon Mama. And then we are open and adaptive as we go along because there will always be unforeseen problems or stressors or accidents or events that startle us. So Stephen Covey, who wrote the book about seven habits of highly effective people, just where the big rocks concept came from, he says the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. I love this. Now, this is not easy. Again, it takes prayer and sensitivity to God in knowing how to gently outline our days and asking him for the ability to adapt to those unexpected, unforeseen problems or challenges or challenging people. So living proactively means scheduling your priorities. I love that. And then going from there. It's like someone training for a race. Now, I married into a family of runners. Many of them, including my husband, love to run, and many of them have trained for and completed either half marathons or full marathons, all kinds of different races. Now, every time they gear up for a race, there is training and preparation they have to go through, right? To make sure they are conditioned and healthy and ready to go by the time race day comes. It would be ludicrous to sign up for a marathon, put the date on your calendar, tell everybody, and then just lazily waste your time <laughs> leading up to it. Eat whatever you want, leave your running shoes in the closet, never put them on, never go out and practice or train, right? That's just ludicrous. You wouldn't reach your goal. You wouldn't finish the race. And so it is with life. If we want to be mamas who are joyful, who raise amazing kids, who are full of hope, who take care of our own health and are able to accomplish daily responsibilities with peace in our hearts, we have to set ourselves up for success. So living proactively is the training we need for this race of life. Answering to everyone else, responding, reacting, nervously saying yes when we know we need to say no. All of these things will leave us depleted and frustrated. 
It's like our running shoes aren't even on our feet at this point. So I'll sum it up with one more gem from Stephen Covey. Reactive people are driven by feelings, by circumstances, by their environment. Proactive people are driven by values, carefully thought about, selected, and internalized values. I love that. So here are some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to incorporating some of these ideas into our lives. The first one is to ask yourself some hard questions. Prayerfully consider your relationships, just all the major ones, not every single relationship, but the major ones. Are there any toxic people in your life that you are allowing to run and or ruin your life? Are you constantly reacting to others? And how do you feel at the end of every day? So just ask yourself those those questions and really think it through. The second thing is to ask for wisdom about how to break free from the negative joy-stealing patterns that you may have gotten into with others and just in life. And the last thing is to fill your heart and mind with the word. It's helpful to begin each day with moments of prayer and listening for wisdom from God because goodness knows, as Jesus said, every day has enough trouble of its own. So we need that daily moment-by-moment help and guidance from him to navigate this life. We will all encounter challenging people on a huge range of all the way from very innocent, like, oh, that person just really bothers me, they don't mean to, all the way up to the other side of the spectrum of that person's intentionally trying to harm me and and hurt me. So we have to walk in wisdom and we need, we need God's help to do that because on our own, we will end up, you know, depleted if we always are in that place of reacting. So I hope this is helpful to you. This is something I am constantly learning and growing and being stretched and and molded and shaped into the person I know God wants me to be. It is not easy. Oh my goodness, it is not easy. But with his help, we can do it. So on to the little segment called my favorite things. Okay, so recently my husband and I decided we need to kind of eat more local and fresh and you know we need to get on this health train a little bit more (laughs) and so we joined a csa which is i believe community supported agriculture is that right and we are getting boxes of veggies every week and they're local and they're wonderful and they're good and so what happens is you get a box every week and you you kind of find out the day before like what it's going to be and then you can kind of menu plan around that so it's really been really been fun but i happened to listen to another podcast the lazy genius and she kendra adachi and she was talking about like the farmer's market one day like one of her episodes recently and so she's like i'm going to be live on thursday if you have any questions so i was like i'm going to go i'm going to get on there when she's live and ask about like i'm so overwhelmed with all the veggies like what do i do so i get on there and it was great she was like oh sunday afternoon mama okay and she was like you know roast them steam them she had all these great ideas and like talking about don't try to force yourself into like liking something if you just if it's not working just know that the next box will come and you can make the next one work you know like try to accomplish your health goals right but like don't feel too guilty if you don't love kohlrabi or something <laughs> like so that's been really fun to get boxes of veggies a little bit scary and a little bit overwhelming because some of them I'm like I don't even know what this is like apparently it's good it's good for me but <laughs> learning how to to make them different ways and not get stuck in a rut has been really good Okay, so along the same lines, one of my favorite other things right now is kind of a concoction that I've just made. It's like an Asian-inspired like slaw, coleslaw type of thing with chicken, cabbage, cilantro, crushed peanuts, and roasted broccoli and cauliflower. And it's super good. I found this recipe online for a little dressing that's just awesome. And it it tastes really good. It's easy to throw together and and just 
eat anytime like lunches it's really good for lunch or like a, a quick dinner so that's my second favorite thing and the last one is that I was like feeling super inspired like I want to do more French cooking and baking and so I was like I need to I just got it in my head that I really wanted to make chocolate eclairs and I don't really know why but I just did and so you know how you get an idea and then you really get excited about it so I got all the ingredients out I was like watch the YouTube video and how they made it and then I looked at the the step-by-step step and I'm like okay here we go well first of all let me say I did not anticipate the use of the pastry bag being so challenging apparently I have not a lot of experience with pastry bags you know where you squirt out the batter onto the you're supposed to like put it on the pan with like the parchment lined sheet and so I was like oh this is a lot whoa okay I guess I messed that one up and then I kind of got better as I went but so I was following the recipe as best I could I was like trying to do everything right and I tasted things as I went and I was like yes it's tasting good and the cream filling was was tasting awesome and I thought the texture and consistency was okay and then like the chocolate part turned out really nice and really creamy and good and ganache I love that word ganache chocolate ganache so <laughs> I put them in to bake by the way I would did like a bazillion dishes to make this and it took hours and I was messy and the kitchen was messy. So it was a big ordeal. So I put them in and they're supposed to bake for 40 minutes, but 10 minutes in you're supposed to open, crack the oven open a little bit and prop it open with a little like wooden spoon. So I did that to let the steam out and da da da. Well, 40 minutes later I pulled them out and it was like wah, wah. And it was kind of sad because they were supposed to kind of puff up. They were very flat. I made flat eclairs, which aren't really eclairs because there's no room to squirt the filling in. <laughs> so <laughs> I, my husband's like the kind of guy who's like really honest. Like, so he was kind of like, oh, those are really flat. And I was like, <laughs> I was like thanks, babe. <laughs> but I, I swear they did taste good. So you like layer them a different way. We kind of made like eclair sandwiches because it was just funny how it didn't quite come out the right way. But literally all the separate components tasted really good. And then what I did the other day was like with the chocolate ganache that was left over is we just cut up a bunch of strawberries and dipped them in the chocolate. And it was so good. It was like fondue or whatever. It was like delicious. My little boy was like, chocolate. He actually said that from his high chair. He's like, mmm, chocolate. <laughs> It was so good. Anyways, that's my attempting the eclairs story. I'm going to do it again and I'm going to get help and I'm going to get better <laughs> because these are really tasty. I just want them to puff, to puff up <laughs> and be able to fill them with the cream filling. Okay, moving on. So we have one listener success story to share. Um, actually, a few little tidbits here. Um, one of my listeners shared on Instagram that she loves folding laundry and listening to the podcast each Tuesday. And I just want to say yay and thank you for sharing that with me. It's so encouraging to know that this is helping you. And another listener shared that she is grateful that I started the podcast and then like cue all of my tears. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again for sharing that. And lastly, many listeners have been sharing how they feel encouraged to teach their kids a little bit more intentionally and expect first time listening. So I'm really grateful that this is inspiring us in the areas of parenting too. That's one of my huge goals is that we can be a positive place that kind of cheers you on and gives you that boost to like keep going and not throw your hands up in the air and give up. You know what I mean? If you have a question or a success story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. So just email me at hannah at sundayafternoonmama.com or like these listeners did, send a little Facebook or Instagram message. And you could even leave a voicemail. Just call 1-401-371-MAMA. That's 1-401-371-6262. All right, we have one more little segment for today, and then we will wrap this up. 
it's a bumblebee moment. And what that is, is basically a moment in life where you're like, wow, that was random or funny, something that happens with your kids. And if you have a moment to share with me, just click on share a bumblebee moment on the homepage of sundayafternoonmama.com. And you can also just direct message me on Instagram. That's also a great way. So my bumblebee moment is, again, it's kind of one of those like, haha funny but also like oh this was really hard so I was at the store recently getting groceries and I swear it's like this evil spirit takes over the bodies of my children when we get to the checkout (laughs) does this happen to anybody else it was like they were like spinning dancing laughing grabbing things off the shelf the little one was crying and trying to exit the seat on the cart like the child seat he was trying to unbuckle and climb out and I was like no why why right now this is the critical moment where we're scanning they're scanning the items and I need to pay and need to get out of here and he was saying pee potty pee potty because he's potty training and I felt stuck like okay, I have a full cart of groceries to check out right now. I can't get to the potty with you fast enough. Like I I was stuck. It was really tricky. I felt like a substitute teacher in a class where the kids were like running circles around. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then I was like, wait, get out of your own head. Like this, you're the mom, like take, take charge here. But the good news was that even though this mama, me, got frustrated and a little bit too upset, like, oh, you guys, like I didn't say enough positive. I didn't lay the ground rules. I didn't reiterate that. uh, I don't know. I just didn't lay the ground rules like of the expectations in the grocery store very well. And it was kind of my fault for reacting, being reactive instead of proactive, like we talked about today. So the, the one good thing that came out of it, though, is that I think it's okay that our kids see a little bit of frustration every now and then, not like a temper, not anger, not all of that from us, but like a little bit like, oh, that was that was tough because my six year old, we got back in the car and she goes, you know, mom, I was being bad at the store. I'm really sorry. And I was like, oh, this was so good to hear because I do think it's okay to acknowledge like that was hard and you guys can do a better job next time. And you were kind of embarrassing yourselves with your your behavior. That was not good. And so of course I acknowledged my part. Like, yeah, I think I got a little too upset and I was too frustrated, but thank you for realizing, you know, your part, like what you can do differently next time. Okay, I have one more quick bunglebee moment. This one's from my my cousin who is like a sister to me. She lives in LA and she shared a little story about her daughter's birthday party recently. The kids were all playing at this park and they were charging up the hill and grabbing sticks and doing all this stuff and they were yelling like, parent alert, parent alert, when they saw the parents, (laughs) which is so cute. So they were running up and down and they're having so much fun. And then she added that a recent gift that her daughter got ended up being one of those like toys that's like oh I didn't realize it was going to be quite this annoying it repeats everything you say so like her daughter she sent me a little video and her daughter's like I like you and the toy goes I like you and then her daughter's like thank you and then the doll thank you and then aww and then the doll of course aww so my cousin texts me she picked it because it was cute and then it cost five more dollars than the cash she had and we found out it needs batteries and I was like Ha ha, like I texted back, ha ha. You're, and I was like, you're like, I immediately regret this decision, right? And then my cousin's like, yeah. And then we discovered a lot of the gifts and different things she's gotten recently that you have to like make and assemble, which is like kind of the worst. It's like good and bad, right? It's like, yay, a cool toy, but oh, I have to assemble it. It's like when my husband had to assemble the Ikea bunk beds. Oh man, it's like kind of a nightmare. (laughs) But the things we do for our children because we do love them. Okay, well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. 
Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. And in the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.